Hey everyone, welcome to The Withering Effect, episode 74. Today's date is December 6, 2020, and I am Duds, or Duds versus to the rest of the interwebs. And I'm Jimbo, you may know me as Jimbo Slice 23 So what have you been up to this week, Duds? I'm out of a hole, no longer working in the hole right now. My Christmas episode, well, actually, by the time this episode comes out, my Christmas episode will have come out. I, I built Santa's workshop uh. last year. I did Secret Santa, and I didn't want to do that this year. Um, we have an ice sculpture thing on the server. I had no ideas what to do for that, but I had this idea for Santa's workshop, and it kind of piggies off of, do you remember Tango and Impulse a couple years ago did this thing where zombies would walk back and forth? Basically, they're chasing a villager around mm -hmm. and running around what's considered Santa's workshop. Yeah, that was good. Pretty funny. I basically rebuilt a smaller version of that, and it's also the place where, on the server, we usually had the custom heads where you get little Christmas baubles uh, and, a and a couple other random uh, heads to decorate your builds and stuff with. Mm -hmm. So I set the command blocks up for that so everyone can walk in there and get your stuff for decorations, and it looks nice, and it took hours. <laughs> In fact, I didn't go to bed till about 2.30 last night from working on it, but... Wow. All I've got it left to do is the path, uh, but by the time this episode comes out, the Christmas episode should have come out. It should uh, turn out pretty well. I saw a picture of it. What items do you, are you getting rid of? Custom items are you getting rid of? I'm not getting rid of any. Well, you have custom heads. You said what items are you getting rid of? Oh, yeah, I meant. I'm not getting rid of anything, um, but I've got red, green, gold, and blue bobbles, and then we have Christmas pudding two different color present heads, and a snow globe. Ah, that should be fun to play with. Yeah, there's a bunch of little things people can do and decorate. I haven't even been to the Christmas area. Literally just Carl and me have been the only ones that worked in there, other than Croc setting it up, building the big tree and everything. I was like, man, am I early for my Christmas episode? This seems kind of weird. And then luckily, like, some of the hermits are starting to put out their Christmas episodes. I go, okay, good, I'm not early. Just in time. I mean, I am, but not really at the same time. Yeah, other than Santa's Workshop, I ended up beefing up my controller. We talked about this on the uh, half stack, mm -hmm. but I've got a keyboard attached to my controller now, uh, along with an extra set of four buttons, and they didn't really want to work together. There's not enough space on this tiny controller for all these accessories, so I had to take a Dremel tool and some files and cut some plastic and smooth it out. and do some sandpapering to get everything to fit well like the keyboard comes up through the bottom and the buttons come down from the top so it's nice because the buttons like tuck into the keyboard now because there's a little hole where there's just air no components there i was like well psh, watch this and i cut a hole into the keyboard and now the plastic uh tail pieces for the buttons slides into the keyboard so everything like holds on to each other and it puts some weight to my controller <laughs> Wow. Yeah, if you guys don't know, Duds isn't just an engineer in Minecraft. He's an engineer in real life. Nah, this was just taking Dremel tools to stuff. There's no engineering involved with this. I went, hmm. Well, a little bit. Unscrewed it, and I went, okay, there, there's no uh, circuitry behind this plastic wall. Cut it. Gzz. That's all it was. But I, I am a controller player, and I need a controller. And basically, I just decked it out to the, the max capabilities a controller can. So hopefully, we'll see how that goes. 
Yeah, sounds cool. I'd like to see it if you have a picture. I do have a picture. Maybe put it up there. Yeah, I'll post it in chat. Of course, everyone in the Discord's going to be like, why is he posting a picture of his controller? And then they're going to finally hear the show four days later and go, oh, that's why. Mm, they're going to want that controller, probably. <laughs> nah, no one could have it. It's mine. It's one of a kind. It is one of a kind. Yeah, what about you? What have you been working on this week? I finally built my Pillager Outpost Iron Farm. Yeah, you did. Which is the reason why I haven't been to the Christmas area yet. Been putting a lot of work in there. The thing is, I built the thing and uh, built the thing over and over. Because I kept killing the zombie for some reason. I got everything where it needed to go. I even had like golems spawning and stuff. And uh, I came back at one point. You'll see this in the episode, but I'll run through it real quick. My new episode, that'll be coming out. I had a bunch of golems there, and the pillagers couldn't keep up. Uh, there were some wandering around where if a pillager would spawn, they would just get bombarded by, you know, 47 golems. It, 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 they were no match. Dang. So I had to go in there and try to clean them up. And uh, I had, they're in a water stream. That's where they collect. So I was dropping TNT in there, and I went to drop a TNT. And it fell onto the trapdoor with the zombie and blew the zombie up, blew up some villagers. It was a mess. But I was able to get everything back where it needed to be. Got the zombie back in there. The thing works. We upgraded to 116.4 recently uh -huh. on the server. And it's actually working better. I think it's, uh, I don't know, the zombie's range or the, the villager's range. You can see the zombie better now. I think it was 116.3, and they reworked a little bit of the AI for some mobs. Mm-hmm. The tracking? Yeah, and it was mainly just to kind of fix a couple desync where a mob should be tracking this other mob, but it wouldn't. it it think there was a wall in front of it, and they just kind of fixed that. So I'm sure that has something to do with what you're talking about. Yeah, it definitely uh, works a little bit better now. I have four stalls, three uh, villagers in each except uh, one of them has one in there now, and one of them has two. The other ones still have three, and it seems to be working fine. I'm not going to mess with the villagers unless I really want to, I don't know, fix the base area to where it's supposed to look with more villagers. Maybe towards the end of the season I'll get it up and going. But I'm getting plenty of iron. I would take the one villager you have by itself and move it next to the two, because I can almost guarantee you that two farm is not working correctly probably not and since you already have one down there anyways just like straight up defunct that one quadrant be like yeah and just kind of move that other one over it shouldn't be too hard seeing your setup the hardest part is not falling in with all the pillagers yeah that and when i get platforms to move villagers or the golems will spawn there and if i'm too close to the zombie the golem will make a beeline for that zombie so I'd kind of have to move him away from the zombie and around to the other two villagers. That, I can do that. That's not a bad idea. Probably going to have to. Besides that, um, yeah, I've been working on this episode. Croc helped, uh, helped me get everything in place. I got the villagers. We did a little collab to get everything where it needs to be. He helped me uh, kind of polish things up with the farm. You know, his knowledge and my knowledge. Mm -hmm. And the villagers being villagers. We weren't too sure about what we were doing, <laughs> but we were able to figure it out in the end, and it ended up really good. By the way, the whole me blowing up the zombie 
and the villagers and half the farm, I didn't catch on camera. That's oh, why no. I'm explaining it. Yeah, I was kind of like, I, I showed a little bit of clips of me throwing TNT down. Uh-huh. And you'll notice when I light the TNT, I couldn't drop it. I didn't have anywhere to place to drop it. So I place it on the side of this trap door and it would stick there. And then I light it and it dropped down. But when it drops, it does like a little popping motion. It goes yep. up just a little bit and then falls down. It went up and landed on that trap door. And I started freaking out. You should have, I should have got on, on camera. But yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. I freaked out. I would have loved to see that. Yeah, I really wish I would have. But that's been my week, pretty much. Well, should we go ahead and hop into some Minecraft news? Yep. Snapshot 20W49A. We've got two new features added to Snapshot, and that is the Dripstone Cave Biome. Now, it's not going to naturally spawn from what they said, but you can get all the little features and stuff that come with it. And they've added the Skulk Sensors, finally. Mm-hmm. Those are really cool. Yeah, we're going to be talking about all this more in the main topic. I have some technical changes. A new game event system has been implemented to support skulk sensors detecting vibrations. Uh, World height-related values are now exposed for customized worlds. That's cool. Remove the max build height server setting. Yep. Also great. Added occludes. Is that right? Occludes vibration signals block tag. I couldn't pronounce it either. Yeah, I uh, includes. I know what that means. Uh, anything in this tag will include vibrations and inherit wool tag entities by default, and new particle types, vibration, and dust color transition. Hmm, dust color transition. Hmm, indeed. I don't know what that means. We know what the vibration is. We've seen that on the skull sensor. Yes. Yeah, I haven't got to mess with anything yet. I've watched a couple of videos explaining what these things do. Very technical block here. You got a very technical block. Yeah, it's basically Bluetooth for Minecraft. Right, yeah. It's like the wireless redstone we've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see any dust color transition particle effects that I've noticed. I'm assuming that's them trying to do what they did in the nether. The biome background color changing. I think they might be bringing that to the caves. Maybe. You might be right. But that's it for technical changes. Yeah. And like I said, we're going to be getting more into this like really in-depth here in the main topic. But mm-hmm. until then, let's move on to listener comments. We have a comment from Firestar. I think this was today or yesterday. I saw this comment. Thought it would yeah. be good for the show. Yeah, guys sneaking in at the last second for comments. Yeah. They ask, hey, Duds and Jimbo, I have a few questions. Being a small YouTuber on SMP myself and looking into Minecraft podcasts, how did you grow so large and how did you manage to get all the awesome guests you got? No worries if you don't want to answer. I'm just curious. The podcast and the channels and the server are super underrated. Keep with this. Thanks for the kind words. Also, Firestar. If you want to grow large, get a Carl. That's, that's the easiest way. That's our secret weapon. Yeah. For, we, for sure. We love Carl. Carl does so much behind the scenes work. Pretty much does more than me and Jimbo. Mm-hmm. But it's all stuff he's wanting to do, which made it really easy. Because when I started this, I really didn't want to have to do the editing, the posting, and the social media stuff. I, w- I wanted to be able to talk, come up with topics, and 
find unique areas of Minecraft to explore. So when Carl offered to do all the stuff I didn't want to do, perfect. Right. And he makes he takes it the show from like amateurish to professional. Yeah. Makes it look a lot more professional. The logos, the the announcements and everything. It's mainly Carl. Yeah. The what was it? The first I think four or five episodes were actually edited by me and Carl just kind of re-listened to it and tweaked a couple things. <laughs> so, and I think you can definitely tell the the difference in quality when Carl takes over editing. I would spend maybe about two hours, two and a half hours editing. Carl spends close to like 10 hours editing. Granted, the show is a lot longer than it used to be uh, because we have a pre-show and a post-show for Patreons. So yeah, the fact that he's he's willing to spend that long editing his show is awesome. Yeah. Getting the awesome guests, and that's Carl. For the most part, we we go up to him and be like, hey, do you think we could get this person? He's like, I don't know. I'll send an email. And we'll either get a yes or no. Um, most of the people we ask to be on the show say yes, but we have time constraints and we need proper notice. And it's like, perfect. Yeah. Basically, I don't think we've been turned down by a single person at Mojang, which has been awesome. Yeah, that's the big part. Yeah, even the the Mojang Mojangsters they call them the originals you know they they love being a part of this I consider us a smaller community and uh you know giving their opinions and stuff and it's great to have them on they're very cooperative yeah uh we've got a Hermitcraft member on and Wells Knight and Logic coming on from Legacy these are big name YouTubers who are willing to spend time and Talk to us, because when you look at me and Jimbo, Jimbo, you have what three hundred and thirty YouTube subs, uh, something like two, three twenty-three. I think it last time I checked, and I'm at two thirty-three. So we're no, we're we're not even like tiny YouTubers. We're microscopic mm-hmm. YouTubers, and even the podcast itself, we're what six hundred unique listens a week, which sounds like a lot, but in the podcast world. We're, we're microscopic still. Right. I'm still waiting for the day we get the, I join a community and they're like, oh, wait, you're the guy from the withering effect. I haven't gotten that yet. And when I finally get that, that's when I'll know, okay, we're not microscopic anymore. We're tiny. Yeah. A lot of the guests we get on are, you know, because of the podcast, it's not pretty much because of us. You know, a lot <laughs> of people us. aren't familiar with Duds and Jimbo. Um, The podcast, the name. The melody, everything, it's real catchy. I feel like we definitely have room to grow, but we're getting noticed. And, you know, a lot of guests, they listen to the show before they come on. They uh, they compliment us on the show, and that, feel, that feels really good. While we don't try to be rigid and structured, we try to be very professional. Try. And by that, I mean both Jimbo and I have good microphones and good sound quality. We have plans on how the show goes. So when someone comes in, like, okay, what do I do? It's like, okay, well, this is how we record the show. So we need you to do this, this, and this. And if you can't do this, this, and this, we have a backup to do that, that, that. So (laughs) having a plan is the big thing. And always quality, quality over quantity. It doesn't matter if you do one episode a month. It's a really good episode. People will watch. Right. Good quality goes a long way. Mm Mm-hmm. Might take a while to produce, but that quality would definitely help get your name out there. And you don't have to buy expensive microphones and stuff 
to get good quality. For me, I say that after buying brand new microphone setup and everything like that. But the microphones I've had before were good quality because I did stuff like hung things on the walls like blankets and sheets to stop sound reverb, move my loud computer fans away from the microphone. Yeah, all that helps. Really worked into editing software. Editing, we use Audacity, and that helps a lot with, uh, you know, reducing the, the back background noises. Uh, you could uh, adjust, like, the pitch level and stuff. This could help out the quality as well. And it's free. Yeah, and it's absolutely free. That's the best part, when we have people be like, well, what program do you use? Audacity. Well, how much is it? And it's free. Pretty much it. I think we had a guest record in video format though and send us just this just the voice cut out of the video but it was recorded in video and then sent as an mp3 which was kind of weird and kind of cool at the same time yeah yeah and that worked yeah i mean that's kind of it i do think our youtube channels are seriously underrated but there's so much minecraft content on youtube that you kind of just need a lucky break to get seen yeah Uh, so i'm not worried about it I'm just I'm doing my stuff. I'm making fun videos that I like to watch. That's the other thing. Make something you want to listen to or watch. Yeah. Have fun doing it. If you don't like it, then no one else is. Yeah. Our YouTubes don't get as noticed, but I enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. It's a hobby of mine. I like to do it. I like to watch Minecraft YouTube channels, so I figured why not try to do it. And uh, though it hasn't really blown up, it's still fun to do still fun to watch. I mean, same with my Twitch. I live stream Twitch usually one day a week for like two and a half hours on a Saturday morning. <laughs> That's it. So it's very rare for people to just kind of like stumble in my stream. I only have like a hundred and something followers there, but I have fun streaming. So I stream. But should we go ahead and move on? Because we still have a big topic to talk about. Yeah, we better. I think, uh, I hope we covered everything, Firestar. Hopefully. But yeah, before we get into our main topic, let's talk about the Discord, because the Discord's the only place you can vote for a block of the week. And like always, we have an ad. Uh, this week's ad's going to be from Rebel JC, so take it away, Rebel. What's going on, everybody? I'm Rebel JC, and I would love for you to get involved in our Discord community. Whether it's voting for block of the week, sharing your thoughts and opinions on Minecraft, or just chatting with like-minded listeners... The Withering Effect Discord has something for everyone. Join today by following the link in the show notes. Alright, thanks for that, Rebel. Uh, This is the final block of the week. So you guys voting, thanks so much. Block of the week has been awesome. We're moving on to something new next year. Gonna be be great. Still gonna be fun. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Me and Carl, we're still talking about the name mm-hmm. of what we we're going to call it. Because you can't call it Block of the Week anymore because it's not going to be just blocks. You'll still get to vote. You'll still get to put your opinions in there. So There will still be votes. You guys can vote for extremely hard things to fix like a barrel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that was so hard to come up with a fix for a barrel. But yeah, obviously this week your choices were Lectern, Barrel, and Grindstone. And I'll let Jim and the away. This is my part. <laughs> and the winner of Block of the Week this week is...
Barrel, if you haven't guessed it. Yeah. Uh, Grumpy Duds is back for the final episode of the year. <laughs> uh, yeah, Barrel won the final block of the week over the lectern. Not even close. Yeah, the lectern had 14, 12 for the grindstone, Barrel with 36. Another blowout. I had so much for a, glind- a grindstone. I was like, I'm, the grindstone's going to win this one. I got this one. Nope. Yeah, grindstone could have a few improvements. Lectern. Lectern as well. Barrel, yeah, again, that's a pretty difficult one. Uh, before you improve it, a couple things on the barrel. It is made with six of any wood planks and two of any wood slabs. Serves as a fisherman's worksite. Used to store items, functioning as a single chest, although it requires no airspace above it to be open. Uh, generates naturally in villages. And is mined with an axe, but doesn't break if you mine it with anything else. And that's it. That's all I got for the barrel. Yeah, so let's go over how the barrel is better than the chest. Okay. One, it's got a cooler texture than the chest. Though I wish it was a little bit more 3D and just a little bit more rounded. Yeah. But it's square shape. I, I'm the, I'm fine with it. It doesn't bother me at all. It'd be cool if it was more rounded, but even though it's not, I think the texture is awesome. It's cheaper than a chest. Mm-hmm. And there, you could argue that it technically isn't because you need three planks to craft. So there's an argument that technically it isn't cheaper because you have to make the slabs and the thing, and you don't have to do that with the chest. Uh, the fact you don't need an air block above it makes it awesome. I prefer barrels over chests. My preference. I think you can see that in the Wandering Trader. I put the barrels up there. I do wish barrels let light through like chests do, but they don't. Yeah. So my fixes for the barrel aren't really extreme because I love the barrel as it is. I think it's a great block. And I'll go ahead and I'll start with the one everyone's obviously talking about, and that's a movable storage block. Yeah. It would be great, but I... I I know why they can't do that, and I don't understand, like, other than using it for some redstone comparator tricks, moving something back and forth, I really don't see a great purpose for having a movable storage block, especially when you have shoulder boxes that you can place and pick up without losing any items as it is. Those, I would rather be the movable blocks. Fun fact, they're movable in bedrock. They are. Pistons can move. Yes. I was going to put that in the notes about the barrel, but I noticed you put that as a change. But yeah, in Bedrock, you can move the barrels. I'm not sure if chests can be done yet. I think you can not move too sure. Or at least you could at some point. There was an update. I'm not sure if it was an update or just like a, a mod, but uh, you might be able to. See, if I were going to do some kind of movable, quote-unquote, storage, it would be things like droppers or hoppers. Because mm. that would give a lot more, I don't know, how to, words, Sunday morning, brain turned off. Anyways, the other fixes, I would allow you to dye the metal straps that go around the texture of the barrel. Um, so it's just not black all the time. All right. Do different colors, so that way you could uh, sort. Um, I would do the same thing with hay bales. I think hay bales would look good if you could color the strings around it. And my last fix would be for it to hold water like a cauldron, but hold way more water than a cauldron. So a cauldron holds one bucket of water, right? Yeah, technically, yeah. A barrel can hold 27 buckets of water. 
because it's a storage chest, right? All right. Well, I'm thinking you should be able to click on the barrel to quote unquote water log it and slowly fill the barrel up 27 slots. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering what you meant by it. Which has redstone features. Hmm. <laughs> because I, do you remember the time when you're having to build a witch farm and you needed a cauldron that had like four levels of water in it or three levels of water in it and you had to put a roof over it so it didn't fill up from the rain just to work some redstone magic? You remember that at all? Ne I never built one of those. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, well, imagine having a bigger version of that and just the same small block. Eh. And plus the texture would look really cool, having a barrel looking like a cauldron holding water. Yeah. Obviously, you wouldn't want a barrel holding lava because it's a wooden barrel. It should not be able to hold lava. Right. The one thing I don't like about the barrels is how you place them side by side and you kind of lose track of where one starts and one begins. Now... You can go up close to it and see, you know, it'll kind of outline for you. Uh -huh. But I always didn't like that fact about the barrel. If you could die the straps, you could separate them that way. But I usually try to stagger them. Uh -huh. it, it is a good looking texture for builds to do it that way, to make them to where they kind of blend in with each other. Could make a nice texture for a wall or something. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just getting ready to argue. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks really nice, but to use them as like a storage, I'd rather go with the chest than a barrel. I usually don't use barrels. I like for them for aesthetic reasons, for like shops, uh -huh. but usually I go with the chest for my storage. Well, an easy way, if you need to stack them side by side and vertically, you could obviously rotate them because it is a direction-dependent placed block. Yes. And... Say you literally just want that front-facing uh, look, you can put one forward and one reverse, and you'll get that squared checkerboard look, and you could tell that way. Mm -hmm. Or you can do vertical and horizontal. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. You can direct them, mm -hmm. unlike other some other blocks. Yeah, but I love the barrel. It is my favorite storage box, even more than shulker boxes. Don't get me wrong. The game would just crash without shulker boxes now. <laughs> Minecraft is dependent on shulker boxes now, but I love barrels. They're that, they're that quirky storage component uh, stepchild that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd, I'd rather take a chest over a barrel. <laughs> but I think, like you said, with if you added some 3D textures, it would make a, a way bigger difference. Uh -huh. Look a lot nicer. Uh, the roundedness, I think, would look cool, but again, it's Minecraft. Yeah. Um, a, th a little bit of 3D would give it a little bit of round-looking texture. Yeah, even if you didn't want to round it and you wanted to keep that squared look, just adding a little bit of 3D, maybe like a little lip for the lid, mm. maybe a little bit of a groove for in between the planks of the barrel on the side. That's all you really need, and I hope Minecraft kind of goes in that direction. I don't think they do. And I know there are texture packs that gives me that option. And if I'm playing on a single player world, I'm all for those texture packs. I'm going to do that like crazy. But because it's an SMP, I want people to see my builds, how I see my build. So I try to build with a texture pack that I know most people will be using. Mm -hmm. Same here. But should we go ahead and move on to the main topic? Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> all right. So this is from the snapshot. And we're going to just bounce back and forth. 
covering each section. And mind you guys, this is the same thing from Minecraft.net. So they just copy and paste the notes, and we're going to talk and go over it. So if you want to keep up, what is it? Links in the description. Uh, yeah. Dripstone Cave Biomes. This comes with a little warning. This biome does not generate naturally yet since it is designed for the upcoming larger caves. However, if you want to see the biome in the current caves, you can create a single biome world with dripstone caves. Hmm. So you can actually see it spawn in there, not just the components like I said earlier. So I was a little bit wrong with that. Yeah, I was going to mention a lot of the uh, footage we saw of the dripstone caves. It looks like a natural cave with just dripstone uh, developing naturally inside of those. So yeah, I didn't realize they're waiting for you know the the biome cave update mm -hmm. to give you what the natural looks supposed to be. So that's good to know. Yeah, was it Lady Agnes today tweeted a picture where she was working on the lush cave uh, spawning iron, and I guess uh, something went wrong, and basically it took up the entire desert. Oh wow! But yeah, it was like in a full-on desert taken over with lush. Spawning. It looked gorgeous. And I was like, oh, man, that's one of those creeper accidents. You got to figure out a way to keep that in the game. Yeah, I got to find that tweet. I'd like to see that. So I, I'm super excited to see what a lush cave looks like. But let's continue on. Yeah. The dripstone cave biome contains plenty of pointed dripstone on the floor, ceilings, and small pools of water. So it's going to be waterlogged. That's nice. Right. In some places, you'll find larger stalagmites and stalactites and columns built from dripstone blocks. I think that's because, uh, so if you have a stalactite and a stalagmite really like right next to each other, they can merge into one large column now. Mm -hmm. I'm doing hand motions like you guys can see this. I'm, I'm waving my arms like an idiot. but I can see it in my head, <laughs> your hand motion. GG. Yeah, they <laughs> you I, probably the only video, see my I, Minecraft character doing it though. You don't see me because I don't think you know what I look like. I see hands waving in the air. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Exuma on his video, he mentioned if you shift, they won't connect. But if you don't shift and you put the uh, stalagmite and stalactite together, they will join. So make sure to shift if you want to separate those. So it's like a chest when you're placing chests next to each other. Yeah, awesome. I like it. Mm -hmm. I do like the idea of them adding the dripstone to the water coming out of the little water beds. Oh, I know. That right? would be a really cool look. I mean, I I tried to do that a little bit in my storage room with this big rock coming out of the middle, but that's what it was based off. I was seeing. So I said, oh, man. Yeah. If we're still in this world come 117, I'm doing that in that little storage lake. You do see people try to mimic that in uh, mm -hmm. little water areas, whether it's rivers, lakes, stuff like that. And now this will make it a lot easier, a lot nicer looking, mm -hmm. I imagine. Though the color still, the color yeah. is kind of off. It's not, I don't know if it's off. They make, you know, that's what they're going with. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to blend in with all the others. I wish it was just a little bit more, I, there are people going to jump on it. I wish it was a little bit more gray instead of brown. Yeah. And I know we have so much gray already in this world, but that's kind of why I wanted it a little bit more gray because it gray blends in with gray better than brown. So, yeah, the only color I could see it really blending in with would be like a a podzol, but you don't see that 
underground, but that podzol might be a little too brown. Maybe path block, it's a little lighter. I don't know. There's really no other color like it. Yeah. Well, I think blue hardened ter- or glazed terracotta, not blue, brown glazed terracotta. I don't know. I don't know which one does it because there's oh. so many different colors in mm-hmm. glazed terracotta. But the one that has the brown and blue, uh, that might work a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be one of those accent blocks that you mix with other blocks. It will never be a primary block like any of the stones or the ites can be. Yeah, I am curious how people would like to use them in builds. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, Should we start with the Skulk Sensor? Yeah. Okay, Uh, this is a pretty big one. Uh, Introducing the the Bizarre Tendril Field World of Skulk. Prepare for Skulk Sensors to creep you out with their unique ability to to detect vibrations nearby. A vibration is anything that causes physical motion. If you're careful, there are some motions that are undetectable by to sensors by sneaking. Uh, These sneak-friendly vibrations currently include walking, falling to the ground, or throwing-slash-shooting projectiles. Skulk sensors will not listen to vibrations that are directly created by other skulk sources. That's pretty big. Uh, When a vibration is detected, a signal is sent from the source location to the sensor at a speed of one game tick per block. Skulk sensors can detect vibrations in an eight block radius around it. The efficient tool to my skulk sensor is the hoe, and they can be waterlogged. Um, What was it? Cub fan put a video out called, I think it's like no longer safe because of what skulk sensors can do. I mean, it's will be a revolutionary change to the game. Yes. Especially if you're playing on Anarchy servers. Uh, expect to be blown up randomly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not everyone shifts all the time. I shift a lot. A lot. So it's definitely going to help. Yeah, the the way it works is pretty difficult. I, I guess we we will be talking about that in the technical bits. But the different things you do give it a different length of uh-huh. signal. It's very technical in that aspect. Now, well, since you're talking about that, go ahead and read vibration frequencies because that's all about what you were just talking about. All right. Uh, skulk sensors have a unique interaction with comparators. Each uh, vibration in the game falls under the certain frequency value, and this is value that can be measured with a comparator. With the right contraption... This allows you to detect when a certain action has occurred nearby. Now, these actions, there's so many different actions. Yes. Like walking when you eat. Uh-huh. It can set this off. Yeah, falling uh, when you break a block. Anything, almost. Any, any kind of action can set these things off. So, it's, uh, yeah, it is going to be kind of dangerous if you're, with the, if you're with the wrong people. Yeah couple things that worry me and then leave me hope at the same time was seeing the amount of frequencies this thing can detect. My first thought went to lag. Yeah. I don't want something constantly searching through 20-something frequencies all the time trying to listen for one of them. The only good thing about it is you don't need a ton of these guys in the same area to usually work your contraptions. So it's not like a hopper where you have... 50 hopper chain 
sorry guys, if you're still using 50 hoppers in a chain, you're doing something wrong. Like me. <laughs> Jimbo. <laughs> I, had a, I had a bunch of them. Yeah. But I had to hide. So there's that. But because they do that eight block radius and a lot of the stuff I'm seeing online, no one's really trying to abuse them by putting tons of them next to each other for no reason. Um, you can do a cool little disco floor light with them. Yeah. Oh, it's a really cool effect. Yeah. There's no farms that need 100 skulk sensors to work. So. Yeah. And again, this makes for great wireless redstone. Yeah. Speaking of redstone, I'm going to get into the redstone emission uh, section. Kind of skipped over it. But uh, skulk sensors oh, yeah. emit a redstone signal when they are activated. The strength of the redstone signal is inversely proportional to the distance the vibration uh, signal traveled. This means the closer the vibration is, the stronger the redstone signal is. The output is also scaled based on the skulk sensor's radius, so it can reach the max distance or the max redstone signal strength when the vibration is zero distances away directly on top of the sensor. So not only do you have different frequencies that interact with the comparator to give different redstone signals, the skulk sensor on its own can emit a redstone signal certain distances just based on how close the vibration is to the skulk sensor. Yeah, it's a mouthful. <laughs> At least that's the way I'm interpreting it. And it looks like it doesn't matter if you're below it or above it. It will, you know, find that vibration within the eight blocks. Yeah. At least I noticed above it. I don't know about below it, but I imagine it's the same difference. Is it like the beacon effect where it goes all the way up to build limit, but down below it, it only goes like 20 or 30 blocks? No, I think it's eight. Yeah, well, it says eight blocks radius. They mean, hopefully, on every side is eight blocks and not like, well, underneath it's only like four. I'm hoping it's eight all the way around, nice and circular or spherical. I think it is. If not, like you could send a redstone signal up and down infinitely. Yeah. Like if you were to power a piston 50 blocks below it, that skulk sensor would hear it and set your contraption off. I mean, that would be useful, but... I don't mean literally like a beacon. Yeah, okay. Just the fact that the beacon's ratio isn't the same up and down as you would think it would be. Yeah, it's not a circular it's not a circular thing. I can't think of the word. But with skulks not able to set off other skulks, it, that's a little confusing because you hear it say that, but when I see it in action, it definitely looks like skulks are sending signals to other skulks, and they're going off. I don't know. I see it different. I think like it's kind of like a wave from the person. Like it's not reaching that skulk until like I noticed a player would walk through a bed of skulks and the first one next to him would go off and then the next one and the next one. I think his vibration is just reaching the further ones a little bit longer. It takes a little time to reach them. I could be wrong. Maybe the video I saw was old. But it was literally a void world with a skulk sensor and then another skulk sensor eight blocks away and then another skulk sensor another eight blocks away. And they hit one skulk sensor and then the other one went off and then another one off. And it was just a chain reaction all the way through. Mm. And it could be that there's it's an old video and they've changed how that works now. Yeah, I think it was an older one because I remember someone putting a video out of how skulk sensors would work. They did a mod on it uh -huh. and I 
there was a com- I think it was on Twitter. There was a comment. I think King B Dogs actually commented and said, "Well, it doesn't actually work like that, but that's a really cool mod, a really cool idea." And I think that's what he meant. Skulk sensors setting off other skulk sensors would obviously cause a just constant uh, vibration fight, as it is. So, mm-hmm. well, no, it said earlier. I know people are going to be yelling. Jumbo just mentioned skulk sensors will not listen to vibrations that are directly created by other skulk sources. I get that, but I saw a video that argued opposite, so talked it out, we hashed it out. <laughs> uh, but now we have wool occlusion. There's that word again. <laughs> That's that word again. Wool has a special interaction with skulk sensors. If a wool block is in the way of a vibration source, the sensor will not be able to detect it. This is so cool. Yeah. And it gives wool a redstone feature. It's awesome. Yeah. And I was kind of worried because you didn't see it at the beginning. I didn't know. I I figured because of the walls, you know, it doesn't matter if you're between these walls, these things are going to go off, whether you're eight blocks away. But now if you put wool in there, you can actually direct this thing and keep it from detecting vibrations in a certain direction, mm-hmm. which is uh, brilliant to use wool in that sense. My first thought, in all of this was, say you have an underground bunker base. If you surround your underground bunker base in wool, then you could put skulk sensors underground around your base and have redstone wired to a bunch of uh, redstone lights. That way you can move around your base and not have to worry about setting off these skulks. But if somebody is walking around where your base is, you'll know they're there. Yeah, don't. The whole vibration thing added to Minecraft is going to be awesome. Yeah, it, it, I love it's it. a game changer. It's like bringing the elytra to adventuring. Mm-hmm. But now it's going to redstone. Now, I noticed in Exuma's video, he was kind of diagonal to the skulk sensor, and he put a wool block kind of in front of it, but halfway in front of it. And depending on which side the wool block it was on, it would block it. Or let it through. So I don't know if that's a bug. But for instance, if if you're right diagonal to it, two blocks away, and you put a wool block to the uh, northwest, mm-hmm. it might may or may not detect it. Let's say it detects it. The other side won't. It'll block it. Yeah. So that's something it needs to work out with, uh, I don't know, detecting the vibrations around it. I don't... I don't... I wouldn't call it a bug. I I would call it uh, exactly what it's supposed to do. It's a blocky world. Diagonals and circles and spheres aren't perfect in this world. So, yeah, I understand it. And to me, it's like, well, you want it to work all the time for a redstone contraption. It's like, well, you got to design the redstone contraption to work 100% of the time. And you wouldn't be trying to do something diagonally in redstone anyways. Because redstone can't travel diagonally. Well, until now. Yeah, if you're just sensing something walk around, then it's going to do its thing. If you want to sense somebody eating stuff, it's still going to do its thing. I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily call it a bug or anything. I would call it a chance to learn more about the block and what features it can actually do. It could. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. If you if you happen to see it, mm-hmm. it's definitely it's not easy to explain, but 
I understand why that you would think it's a bug. Yeah. So should we jump into the technical bits? Yeah. That we kind of talked about a little bit. Uh, Skulk sensors have a cooldown period of one tick after being placed or after detection. During the short cooldown period, it cannot detect vibrations. This is to prevent it from from activating itself when the contraption it is powering is being unpowered. Makes sense. Uh-huh. It's all the technical bits. I mean, there's a it's a lot more technical than that, but yeah, it's a little little part of it. Well, knowing that there's a cooldown is kind of a big thing. So yeah. Well, moving off Skulk sensors, we have some changes in 20w49a. So the fullness of a bundle now shows up regardless if you have the advanced tooltips on or off. I would kind of prefer it on advanced tooltips because if you wanted it off, you you had the ability to turn it off. Yeah, it's nice to have that option, but I would probably keep it on yeah. if it were me. I mean, my advanced tooltips is always on anyways, but it's always nice to have the option to turn stuff off. I didn't know there was an advanced tooltips till I accidentally pressed a button. I'm not good with my F th- my Fs, F3s, F5. I'm always pressing the wrong button. Mm-hmm. And I turned my tool tips on one day and uh, I got access to like extra information. I'm like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> you know, when did this happen? Here I did it by accident. I think advanced tool tips really helps with the people who like when their tool gets halfway down and they're just barely into the yellow and they go, oh, I got to go repair this tool. It's like, I don't know, pull up advanced tool tips. It tells you how many or how much durability you really have left don't worry you got a while yeah that was the one thing i i liked about it that i couldn't figure out how are people able to see that if i can't see it how do i get that and uh that's how uh and then the last change is one we already talked about about the slag tights merge if the tips are next to each other unless you're pressing shift but i think that's it i think we covered everything in depth yeah i don't believe we missed anything. Like we said, you know, we haven't really got to play with it. We did watch a little bit of footage, and uh, it's a game changer, the Skulk sensors. That is, uh-huh. it's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely. There was a bug with the dripstone, I noticed. If you had, it was fixed. Yeah, well, I'll cover that right now. Bug yeah. fix. <laughs> dripstone. If there was a two-block gap between the dripstone and the cauldron, the cauldrons would not fill up. That's been fixed. Zuma mentioned that on his video. It, his cauldrons would not fill up. He thought he was getting unlucky. Here there's a bug. There's a two-gap mm. distance between the two. Wouldn't work. Gotcha. A little announcement we have before we end this episode. This is our final full episode of the year. Carl will be here on the 30th with a special Best of 2020 episode. We'll be back on January 6th with the last block of the week improvements. And we'll reveal its replacement. So stay tuned for that. Oh man, so I was wrong. So the barrel wasn't the last block of the week. No. We got no, one we'll more. do oh. one more on the sixth. I, I I know what we're doing for the last block of the week. I won't spoil it. I'll, I'll let you guys wait. What? Until Jan- well, if you're in the Discord, you'll know before January. I don't know what it is. I know what it is. You, you can tell me later, yeah. I guess. You guys can keep it in front of me. I don't even know. I'll tell you after the show. Maybe I do. I think you do know. You just forgot. Probably. But that's going to do it for the show today. But before Jimbo reads us out, I want to say a huge thank you to all of our patrons who are supporting the show. 2020 has been awesome for you guys. Like, mm-hmm. 
or not awesome for you guys, awesome for us for you guys. So you guys have been awesome. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Our definitely. milk level patrons are Omni, Chief Big Bear, Croc, Fragile Rock, OB, Stone Figure, the official CCL, Vipers Tuna, and YDYT. That list gets a lo- little bit longer and a little bit longer, and it's awesome. Thank you so much. I feel like it does. Uh, but if you too would like to get uh, ex- access to exclusive benefits and hours of extra content each month, please consider joining at patreon.com slash the withering effect. And trust me, there is hours of extra content each month. Me and Jimbo just recorded the half stack two days ago. Yeah, covering our top five comedy shows we like to watch. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah. If you guys want us going off topic, that's where to go. The half stack's really fun for that. We do that a lot there. Uh, if you like this episode, you can share it with all your friends and on social media. If you listen on Spotify, follow us or leave us a... Or if follow us or if you listen on Apple Podcasts, Lisa, leave us a nice review. Doing any of these really helps the show reach more listeners. Man, we're blowing these outros. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to get in contact with us, send an email to podcast at thewitheringeffect.com. Tweet us, leave a voice message, or join our Discord where you can have a chat with everyone who works on the show and fellow listeners. All the links will be in the show notes. This show has been brought to you by Jimbo and myself, but also our digital producer, Carl. He helps make sure the show ends up where it should be. And the amazing music you hear in the intro and outro was created by the one and only Decoy. Everyone's social media info can be found in the show notes. And as always, you guys have been so awesome. Thanks for getting withered with us. You should probably go drink your milk now. Bye. See you guys.